0: Hello to the Loudwater community. Hope everyone's doing well this week. Thank you for taking the time to stop by. This is the Loudwater Outfitters Podcast, and I'm the host, Palmetto Sleuth. So again, thank you all for coming. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, This week, we're double publishing, so I had an episode we published yesterday, and want to go ahead and get this one done and publish this one today. As we got behind one week, we left out of town to go to uh, Pittsburgh doing that trifecta up there between the three states. So, thought I'd go ahead and get this one knocked out and get this one on there. As I did promise the family, we would do that Uh, briefly. This case is coming out of Sumter County, South Carolina, or the Floydal community. Uh, This is in the state of South Carolina. So, probably about three, four hours or so from here. Uh, this is Crystal McDaniel. So she's been missing for well over about year and five months, I believe it is. So a few situations there, a few little issues behind it. So we'll delve into that here in just a little bit and, and tell you a little more about that. Uh, as I've already told you guys, you know, Michael's out of country for a few weeks. So other than might be a couple of places I'm, I'm, I may be going, but you know, other than, you know, fielding phone calls, interviews, you know, doing some investigation and Things like that. Uh, We're working a lot on our podcast. i got several of them I need to do, so we work on getting caught up on that. Uh, Again, I have an interview with a family this weekend. Now, this family actually has agreed to do a phone interview over the recording for the podcast. So we'll actually talk with them some, ask them a few questions. That'll actually be a part of that podcast, which will be next week. So that'll be pretty interesting. That one's also close to home, too. That's not far from me. Where I reside, so looking forward to doing that one and talking with that family. So, got a few more podcasts and working on some stuff that we have we've previously done. So, I'll be putting those together along with the video portion of that and getting all this stuff done and out there for you guys to watch and listen to. And, and again, hopefully, help push the awareness, push these stories, and, and get them out there and help us grow our community and help us help these families. So, again, we, we greatly appreciate you guys. You're the best. You're the best community I think we've ever dealt with when it comes to social media and people wanting to help. So again, y'all are the best. So we appreciate it. So I tell you what, we're going to go right on ahead and jump right into this. So again, this is about Crystal McDaniel. She's been missing since September 27th of 2021. So like I said, we're going on what a year and uh, five months, I believe. Is that what I've got here? Yeah, a year and five months. Uh, this is out of again out of Dillon County, South Carolina, in the Floydal community. Uh, from what we've been told and gathered from talking with his family and a few people, you know everything appeared to be fine the day before she actually went missing, which would have been on a, She was missing on a Monday, or that's when it was actually officially reported. But so this would have been the day before on Sunday. Uh, according to family members that we talked to, there was no indication that she may have wanted to harm herself in any way. But now it was mentioned that she was a type 1 diabetic and actually been having issues for a period of time with that situation and apparently been in and out of the hospital a few times and, like I said, issues with her stomach and all this kind of tying together. Uh, now, again, this was all up until her disappearance. So one of the things, read this here. She went missing again on a Monday. And this one was kind of, it was, it was, it was kind of confusing. Not sure what the circumstances were behind or, or, or why it was like this. But again, missing on Monday. And her phone, her personal cell phone was found in the parking lot of a store in that floatal community near where she had been staying. And that was on a Friday. So everybody basically reports and says that she's missing on Monday. So four days later on Friday, her phone is found in this parking lot. So to me, that, that that's a little odd. Now, it was also stated, you know, basically on the night before she actually went missing or, or that Sunday evening, uh, Her phone, or or let me rephrase that. Yeah, yeah, no. Her phone actually had a ping, and it was on the road that she lived on, which happened to be her boyfriend's residence, because that's where she had been staying. Now, again, the odd thing is that the phone that she was using that night and actually calling from was her daughter's phone. So... Not a hundred percent sure what, what the situation was there or, or maybe the other phone I don't know maybe she she'd have minutes on it or maybe there's an issue with it you know calling in and out or something. I obviously don't know. Not really sure, but I don't know if that's odd or just or just a little confusing, but the bottom line though, this is what's crazy, despite the fact of what phone that she was actually using and calling from that night, is her personal phone has the ping on that same road that she was staying at. And then her phone's found from that point roughly five days later at the store that she frequented. So that, that's a little odd. That's, that's a little odd. Now, it was stated that uh, that evening, you know, she had gone to her boyfriend's and it was stated that she had left from there late that evening and had left there walking. But now the the direction of travel is unknown. If she had any place particular in mind she was going, you know, she was maybe going to meet someone or or, or what, nobody knows. For all we know, she may have been trying to walk back to that store for whatever reason. Uh, Now, again, (laughs) I can't help but keep coming back to this about the phone. You know, in that parking lot four days later, because again, it was mentioned that there was a gentleman that I guess helped. I don't know if he worked for the store or just helped the store. I know I've, you know, in the South, things are a little different in the country. You know, there are just some places, communities like, and this could have been that where he just like went there and just helped him clean the parking lot up because it's something he wanted to do. Maybe they, you know, paid him a few bucks for doing it or what have you, or he could have been an employee and that was part of his job. Not really sure. But it was stated there was a gentleman that basically cleaned that parking lot up every day for for the owners of the store. So that being said, you know, anything like that, he should come across. So for that to be found four days after, that's a little odd. That's a little odd. And that just, I don't know, that that just makes me think a lot. Now, it was also mentioned that... Apparently, Crystal, or it was said that Crystal got into a fight with another female, and it was stated that this was near near the river. Now I'm not sure if it's called the the, the Floyd L River or if it's the Little PD. I'm thinking it's the Little PD because the sister stated that one place of interest, waterway that I think has been searched or they want to have searched is. The Little Petey River access. So apparently, that we think that's where this alleged fight may have taken place. But what was stated was they got into a fight, and whoever this other female is had hit Crystal in the face with a crowbar, and I'm sure that knocked her down, knocked her out. You know, if this alleged incident actually happened, it may have even killed her for all we know. But then it was stated that she was that Crystal was tossed into the river. So it had to have been, you know, fairly close to the river where this incident may have taken place. So it has also been mentioned that Crystal had told her mother prior to her disappearing that, hey, you know, if I die, I didn't kill myself. So a statement like that being made means, you know, th- there's an issue, there's a problem, you know, she's got a concern or a reason for it something's going on you know maybe it could be and you know again without any of us knowing without having you know concrete you know evidence or proof witnesses you know camera footage anything of that nature everything is just going off of what you hear which is kind of that's the only aggravating part about these type of investigations or for law enforcement having to deal with these type of things is you hear so much and you've got to basically chase every one of them down to either prove or disprove them. And unfortunately, the majority of them are usually not accurate statements, but still you don't know. So in this situation, you got to stop and think that if, you know, Crystal made this statement, well, then, you know, again, the reasonings why she made it, well, now, you know, maybe there was some kind of a tiff between her and this other female. So maybe that incident did take place, you know, maybe there was an issue. And again, you know, speculation, and I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm not actually saying that anything like this happened or I believe it, but maybe, you know, was there an issue between her and you know, the, the boyfriend or or what have you, or, you know, Maybe there's a, a tip between her and somebody else nobody knows about. We, we don't know. I mean, for all we know, maybe with her medical issues with the diabetes and all that was going on, maybe she just, I don't know, maybe, maybe she wasn't thinking clearly. I mean, who knows? There's so many factors to this. this and it's hard to pinpoint anything because, you know, you, you, you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, the sad thing about all this, though, is like I said, we're going on almost a year and a half, but there have been very few leads or new information in quite a while. Uh, like I said, I know that family has reached out to us, and they want us to come down and search some areas of interest, and we, you know we will actually put something together and, and work on that and see what we can do. Hopefully we can find something, find some type of an answer or eliminate some ideas and concerns and move on to the next one now we do know that the family has conducted some of their own searches to include her brother who doesn't live down in that area but i actually talked to him briefly the other day and he's like he was typically coming down on the weekends to do his own searches you know if and when we get down there to do something you know he he wants to come and be a part of it you know he's he he loves his sister he misses his sister he wants answers absolutely understand that just like the other family, the other sister we've talked to, you know, they, they just, they just want to know they're not accusing anybody or anything. They just, they want answers. They want their sister back. I mean, and for all intents and purposes, I mean, who, who wouldn't, what, why, why would anybody not want that? So, you know, there, there's so many, again, so many factors of these type of situations that it's, it's not an easy thing to deal with. Uh. The, the, the funny thing, though, is, now, now this particular brother that I was talking to, he has kind of been doing his own thing, trying to figure out what happened, track things down, and he had talked to me and mentioned to where the, uh, the, the boyfriend had threatened him, so kind of odd that that happened or, or why he would do that, so... But, again, you know, apparently there's just a lot of tension between everybody about this whole situation, which, you know, things like that can happen, and that can be understandable. Uh, now, I do know, was told, that when law enforcement conducted their search, that they concentrated pretty much in the Floydal community. And, again, that's where, where she was staying at the time. And I believe they kind of concentrated in some of the water area around there. But I don't know how many different searches of either or they did, you know, how far apart they were, how long after she was initially reported anything like that was done. You know, we're not really sure. Uh, Now, do know and found out that she was actually still legally married, but roughly... June, July, somewhere in that time range is when her and her husband had split up. So, don't really know much about that situation. That that was just what was told to us. So, you know, not sure what was going on there. So, I guess she had, you know, for whatever reason, left, and now she was staying where she was staying. So, again, not sure that situation. Not that it necessarily ties anything in, but. Again, just a lot of stuff going on during this time frame. So now, again, you know, looking back, one of my concerns or areas of interest is going back with law enforcement in the initial searches. Again, we haven't been down there yet, so not 100% sure what the area looks like or the community but you've heard me say this, action in the last episode, you've heard Michael and I say it a few times, you've heard him talk about it several times on the videos that he puts on YouTube when he interviews family, is, you know, did law enforcement hit the areas, in, in hit businesses and residences in the area of interest for, for Camerons? You know, in this day and time, Again, it seems like everybody's got some type of security camera on their house, or even if it's just a ring doorbell, because those are so easy. But definitely, businesses almost—I mean, it's almost—it's probably more common to find a business that doesn't have one. I, I guess you could say, if that makes sense, or it'd be easier to find them and count them than it would be the other way around, because it's like everybody and every business has one. So, you know, my first question is, what was that done? I know, I think they said something about the store may may have had one, but what, what about all around in the area? You know, that's only going to capture so much, you know, depending on the type of system that, that they have, the time of day that it's done, the lighting, even in this day and time, you know, with my previous job with law enforcement, several places in the community that I was working, the businesses had. Fairly decent cameras, even one of them had even updated some of their cameras, but boy, to look at something outside, you still couldn't really tell anything. So, unfortunately, you know, kind of a what is it, get what you pay for type of thing. So, but again, not sure how well that is, the clarity of it, how far it was able to see, or even how many cameras that store may have had. But again, what about all around it? You know, any of the homes in that community, in that area, have anything like that? So, you know, that's definitely one of the very first things other than actually conducting searches that needed to be done is just start hitting everywhere in the area in the path that they think she may have walked and check for cameras and see what they can pull off of that footage, but not really sure. That doesn't really seem to be something anyone's 100% sure about, so, you know, again, that that's a definite area of interest or something that, that could be an area of concern. So, you know, with that being said, you know, again, this is not a very long story. That That's just the basics of this story. That's what we've got. That's what we've been given. There are a few things, obviously, we're not going to mention on here and talk about or say, so we'll leave that out. But, again, those are the basics. So you're going on a year and five months. This young lady's been missing. We knew that she was a type one diabetic with issues, but we also knew know that there may have been an issue with a female or more. There may have been a fight. You know, we've got the whole phone thing, you know. And then why is this phone showing up? You know, a few days later in a parking lot that had people had been in and out of several times. So it's just really odd and some odd questions so you know a, a bit to think about you know th- there are some areas of interest that need to be definitely need to be searched there might be some areas that may have been searched that need to be researched so you know we'll definitely be looking in that so but now we step on to the next segment of the questions or the questions that I have that arise from this whole situation. You know, obviously, first and foremost is where is Crystal McDaniel? What what happened to her? You know, an, an adult female that a lot of people knew that was pretty frequent in and out of the area. So how does somebody just up and disappear? And again, said it before, you know, the, the amount of people that are missing in this country... And the amount that keeps getting added to that statistic every year. Good Lord. I mean, how in the world do these people literally, as it seems to be, just vanish? And no one has seen anything since. No one allegedly knows anything. No type of information comes up. No new leads. Nobody sees them anywhere else. I mean, I don't know. It it still kind of dumbfounds me to a degree that that amount of people are still missing to this day with pretty much no new leads, no information, anything that just that, 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 that blows my mind. But now my next question is how and why did her phone show up at this convenience store four days later? And it was the one that had the ping to it, although it was not the phone she was using at the time as far as I guess, making calls, texting, what have you. So, that's definitely an interesting question and something odd. You know, my next one is, why did law enforcement not do search warrants on both of the phones? I think it was stated that may have done it on one, but why would you not do both? Especially the one that belonged to her. That's, that's an extreme interest right there. Uh, how and why did the story of her and the other female fighting you know where did that story come from how did that come about you know who all knew about that heard about that and again you know is it just a rumor mills or somebody that knew of something or witnessed something and why has that not been talked about more or looked into more if this happened who was the other female well I mean I dare say that there was probably somebody there if that happened, somebody saw it. So again, this is another situation of somebody knows something. This is all tied together. Somebody knows something about that situation and about Crystal McDaniel. You know, why haven't some of the waterways, you know, of interest not been searched more? Because apparently hasn't been much of that because we're being asked to search a few water areas. That's almost, you know, one of the most common things in a missing person case that you should do, especially if there are certain bodies of water within a certain radius of last known location or where someone hangs out. Absolutely, that's something you need to do. You know, where did the idea of her possibly being in Myrtle Beach come from? Because I noticed that was on the flyer stating, you know, that she could be the Myrtle Beach area. Well, that doesn't make sense to me because... Again, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, they were talking about how she had type 1 diabetes and she was having a lot of issues due to that. She didn't have her medications when she was out and about walking that night. So if she's truly having those issues and somebody thinks maybe she's left or hitched a ride or went to Myrtle Beach, that makes no sense. How is she going to get her medication? And she goes somewhere like that because apparently, you know, from what I understand, her medication was a situation she had to take three or four times a day. So so she would absolutely, if she did that, have to find herself a doctor pretty quick when she got down there. And, of course, then you've got that and that ability to track that way. So I don't know, understand absolutely where did the idea of Myrtle Beach come from, and I I would be curious as as to why and how. You know, and again, just going back to the simple fact that, you know, with the the diabetes issue, type 1 diabetes, diabetic issue that she has, sorry, guys. You know, it it was stated that, again, she had to, I think it was insulin shots, three to four times a day. So, you don't just like, nah, I'll be okay for a while on that. You've got to have it or you're going to have a problem. Again, it was, you know, she'd been in and out of hospital quite a few times. So... Again, as you can see, there are definitely a lot more questions than there are answers in this situation. But, you know, undoubtedly, someone knows something. and Someone knows more than they're saying, you know. And and that's almost always the case in these type of things. Somebody almost always knows something. Somebody has seen something. Somebody has heard something. What have you, you know, it's there. It's all, almost always there, you know. But I don't know. It, it was stated that you know this community is the type that probably won't say anything if they know something to see something that they're going to more or less clamp down. I have my reasons as to why that is, and I'm not going to say anything. But based off my prior. You know, profession and experience, I I understand where that could be coming from. But, you know, again, the bottom line is we're still talking about human life, a human being here, a family that's grieving over not knowing what's happened. So, again, I pretty soon, once Michael gets back, I'm pretty sure we're going to be going down there and checking a few things. So, uh, you know, we do have some ideas. We do have some areas of interest that have caught our attention, so we'll be putting something together to uh, go down there and see what we can find. Hopefully we can find an answer, find some type of closure. But, you know, again, just recapping this whole thing, you know, this situation is now pushing a year and five months since Crystal disappeared with very little change or new evidence once again. You know, we have a daughter, a mother, a sister that's missing, whom is loved, and is needed you know she had children so uh, imagine the the, the strain and the stress and the difficulty and the agony that that those kids are dealing with so you know i I just can't imagine being in that situation my heart goes out to families having to deal with these type of things but you know the bottom line is you know she was a human being just like the rest of us you know does she have her issues and problems? Yes, according to what we've been told. But, you know, who doesn't? That still doesn't make make it right for what happened to her, and that doesn't mean that she's any less important than anybody else. And, again, you know, you're creation of God. You're a human being. So no matter the situation, no matter the past, anything of that nature, you know, nobody deserves something like this to happen to them so you know a, a lot to think about what we're hoping getting this story out there spreading this awareness again our community getting it out there hopefully spreading it to more and more people you know our, our hope is like it's happened in a few of our cases that you know this story will reach the one person that does know and, or, and has some information or reach them in a way that'll tug at their heartstring, they'll say, you know what? Let me reach out to Loudwater, and I'll tell them what I know. You, know, you can do it anonymous, anonymously. You know We don't care. We just want that piece of information that'll lead us to Crystal's whereabouts. That's all we're asking for. That's all the family's asking for. So, you know, hopefully... That person gets a hold of this and listens, watches, what have you, and steps forward, steps forward anonymously, however you want to do it, and get that information that is needed to help this family find closure and bring Crystal home. So, again, you know, and and I know I say this so much in all my podcast episodes, but I, I can't reiterate enough, I can't stress enough this quiet pandemic that we're dealing with in this country. And I'm not saying this is just something special or specific happening in the United States of America. I know it's all over, but again, this is our country is where I'm from. So this is the only one that I know and can relate to, but you know, it is a quiet epidemic in this country. The amount of people, you know, and again, I say it so many times, over 600,000 people go reported missing every year just in this country. Now, granted, the vast majority are found or the situation turned out to not truly be a missing case. I mean, there, there are several different factors or things that go there. But what generally does happen every year, you know, because a, a case becomes cold at basically after one year or more with no new leads or information coming in. So out of that 600,000, or a little over 600,000 go reported missing. Of that number, approximately 25,000 end up, you know, end up still missing, become a cold case missing case, and then it gets, you know, put into that category of the already large number of cold case missing persons. So you see what I'm saying? You understand? You know, if you got one hundred thousand missing, by the end of the year, you've got twenty five. Now you got one hundred twenty five thousand, and then so on and so forth. So, I mean, think about that. That's a staggering number, and it just keeps growing. You know, when Michael and I first started this whole thing and started talking about it and getting into this, you know, I kind of started migrating towards the missing children thing. That's a very difficult thing to deal with and work with. And he and I, you know, we talked about that. He's just like, dude, you know, if we get one, I'll do it. But that's, you know, that that's a hard one. And I, I agree, very difficult thing. But the, the statistics of, you know, the missing children, the, the human trafficking, and again, human trafficking, you know, obviously is going to encompass adult and juvenile. But, you know, the, the numbers that go into that, I, it, And it's not funny, it just hits me because I just don't think people truly understand the vastness and the staggering amounts of these numbers, just how much it truly is. You know, if you put, you know, just your typical missing person case or your missing person statistics, and then you've got your trafficking statistics, and even though you know, those people are usually moved around. A lot of times they do get found, things of that nature. It still is going to technically fall under a missing person statistic, even though they don't really link them together. But when you do that, wow, then you have a massive staggering statistic. And, you know, it, I don't know, I, I get so... I don't want to say angry, just so aggravated when I think about this because there was a situation, oh, man, how many weeks? Just a few weeks ago, young lady that was missing. She was trafficked, sex trafficked, and I actually do only been gone just for a few weeks. But I think this was in Toledo, Ohio. They found this young lady in an alleyway, and she had been shot and killed. So, you know, this young teenage girl has been abducted, put into this horrible basically, you know, sex slavery, into this horrible situation. You know, uh, imagine the hopelessness that she's feeling and experience. You know, and again, we don't know what they're doing. We don't know if they're, you know, doping her up to, to you know, to keep her somewhat lethargic or, you know, to keep better control of her what we have. You know, there's so many different types of things that happen in these situations. But then for whatever reason, they do that to her and dump her in an alley, and then she's found. You know, a young life snuffed out. A young life with no future. And, and that's horrible to just think of, when, when you look at it that way, then you think of all of this, whether it's the trafficking or just missing persons, you know, juveniles, adults, what have you, male, female, mom and dad, a son or brother, all of it. That all that still ties into the same thing is you know that's a life snuffed out that's a life that's missing out on a future that's missing out on a family a family that's missing out on them you know and now the family of that missing individual their whole life is forever changed you know that, that once like I guess you could say secure happiness that's gone and now it's just you know well, I, and, I, and I hate to be, you know start kind of talking negative or you know or so somber about things but you know the, the rea- this is the reality this is the reality that these families experience every single day every day, every hour of the day and it's you know re- remembering, the good birthday or the good Christmas or the, the wedding or, or, or whatever, remembering those things, you know, the Super Bowl Sunday, the way they all got together, or the good old Daytona 500. You know, doing things like that together as a family and watching these things or experiencing this family, this life together. And despite what their all their situations may be, that is a good time to them. That is a happy time to them. That is something that they cherish and love. Now they can't that's i mean if that isn't enough to wake you up and make you think and realize holy cow this is a a horrible world we live in what can i do then i don't know what else to do but the only way we're going to deal with these type of situations help these type of families help find people bring them home and hopefully in some way, shape, or form try to prevent these or, or try to knock these numbers down, As we as a society have absolutely 110% have got to come together. We've got to help each other. We've got to have each other's back. We've got to, and I'm not saying those of you that are watching or listening don't have this or do that. I'm not saying that. But I am speaking from experience, from my years in law enforcement. Unfortunately, this is what I saw. And I saw this deterioration, you know, regularly over the years. And it is what it is. And I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm going to be frank and truthful with you. I'm going to tell you like it is. And that is the respect towards your fellow man has dissipated tremendously. You know, respect for others, love for others, you know. it's, It's just not like it used to be. And, you know, and I don't know, I guess I'm being a little nostalgic, you know. I I consider myself having grown up in the 80s. I was born in the very early 70s. But what I determined the time that I grew up was a time when I could remember things, experience things, do a lot of things, do a lot of things on my own, start to drive, all of that. That would have been the 80s. And it's funny, you know, it, it still changes from decade to decade, generation to generation. But, you know, back then, you know, some things happened or you heard about things. Oh, my gosh, that, that's bad. But to look at that now, look at the way our society is now and how this world is. Oh, dear Lord, if I could go back to the 80s, I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. I'd take everybody I loved with me because that is an absolute safe and secure cakewalk compared to what, we, what we're dealing with in our society now. And we, as a society, are the only ones that can change that, and we've got to do something. I mean, we are losing people left and right. We're losing our youth right before our eyes. And, you know, I, on my other podcast, Palmetto Sleuth, I speak a lot of, you know, the, the dangers and the evils of social media. Social media can be a good thing when it's handled and done the right way, and when it's the right people with the right intentions. But there are also evil people with horrible intentions that use it to their advantage to prey on our children, even on on, on adults. And not necessarily even talking about the trafficking situation, you know, using it to prey on, especially elderly for scams, getting money out of them. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many times dealt with calls for service where you know this poor unsuspecting elderly couple ended up losing thousands of dollars because they thought they were doing something good or helping somebody or, or buying something that they thought could be beneficial and, you know, things of that nature. So it, it can be a bad thing. But again, you know, it, it's going to take us collectively making it change because it's not going to do us it on its own. It's just going to keep growing and getting worse and evolving into something more complicated with more of a of, of an ability to do more evil if it's allowed, so uh, th- that's a lot to think about. And you know, and in this situation, you know, Michael and I we're trying to use social media for a positive, good thing to help these families, help these families like Crystal McDaniel, you know, all, all of what they're dealing with. You know, I promise you guys, he and I want nothing more. Every time that we're reached out to. And we take on something and we get out here and try to conduct a search, try to put things together, what have you. You know, especially when we're out in the field and going at something. I mean, he and I both are chomping at the bit and just, you know, fingers crossed hoping that, you know, we're going to find this person. Or, you know, we're going to find this answer that we need. I mean, that's what we want every single time. So when we're not able to or the leads that we use lead to nothing and, you know, we dispel this, dispel that. So you know, now it's on to the next thing. You know, I can guarantee we walk away. They're almost as dejected as the families do, because you know it's in our heart that we want to give them what they're hoping for, because we understand and know they're hanging on that hope. That's all they've got left, and I just. My heart goes out to all these families. I know that is an extremely hard and difficult thing to have to live with and deal with every day. So I challenge everybody that is listening to this, and it doesn't matter if you're in this country or if you're in another country listening to this. It still holds true no matter where you are, and think about that. You know, if you know someone that has a, a missing family member or you know something in your area, It may not seem like much, but reach out to that family and just say, hey, you know, we're thinking about you, and we'll do everything we can to help. It's little things like that that can help tie a community together, can help tie a society together. But you've got to want to do that and allow that to happen for that type of change to happen, and that's what it's going to take. So... Again, you know, some food for thought. Had to get off of my soapbox there for a minute, but, you know, we're passionate about this. You know, we, we want to find and help everybody. You know, we, we hope nothing more than to find an answer or even better, find Crystal McDaniel. Everybody else we've dealt with. You know, that, that's all we want. So, you know, I challenge you guys to maybe look in those type of things. Check that type of thing in your community. You know, reach out to organizations in your area to see if there's anything you can do to help with these type of things if you're in our area or even if you're not in our area y'all know what we're up to and what we're trying to do you know help us out keep up with what we're doing we're going to be in an area you're more than welcome to come out and help us do some searches but if you're asking anything else that, that you can do and we've had several that do ask this You know, one of the big things we would absolutely be thrilled to death and would just be so humbled to see have done is some fundraisers to help us raise money to continue this operation. Because again, as y'all have known, you've heard me say, you know, he and I are operating out of our own pocket right now because we do not charge these families one penny to to do all of this. So, you know, some fundraisers would be awesome because there's still some more equipment we need to get our hands on. So... You know, just a little food for thought, something to think about. If you're so inclined, it would be absolutely wonderful. Other than that, you know, whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, we'd greatly appreciate if you go and follow our podcast. Subscribe to YouTube channels and our Loudwater Outfitters and our Facebook pages. Because in the long run, it is tremendously going to help us. And it's going to help us get to that point to where we can do more and more for more families and spread more and more of this awareness to help people out. So, again, guys, I appreciate you all. Please keep this family in your thoughts and prayers. Help spread this story. You know, to try to give this family of Crystal, give them awareness, give them this voice that they deserve, and to hopefully help us bring Crystal home. And as you always hear Michael say, one of the Loudwater Outfitters' mottos, I guess you could call it, you know, if you know something, say something. So, again, have a great weekend coming up. And remember, keep your families close. and as always. Stay safe. Thank you.